Sylvia, and this is Out Loud a Gizmo, a saying my dad made up. This is a storytelling podcast where you will experience excitement, laughter, reality, and mind-blowing adventures. Well, hello again. Today, we're going to listen to my dad as they start their journey living in Bisbee, Arizona area, as he worked in the copper mines there, and the birth of my brother and sister, Edward and Andy. Here goes. Chapter 21 We left Lubbock early one morning and got to Garner V. and Jack Vick's house about 10 at night in Bakerville, Arizona, not far from Bisbee. Garner V. is Norma Ruth's sister and Jack is Garner V.'s husband. I went the next day to sign up for work at Phelps Dodge. Then I had to stand in front of their offices every morning along with about 100 other men until your name was called. They only called about five or six men a day. It was called wrestling. I wrestled for two weeks before I was called. Dinzel was called the same day. We were lucky. That was the last day they hired for a long time. They sent us to different shafts to work. I went to the Sacramento shaft. My first day they put me with a guy they called Brady. He was a working fool. They put us in a tunnel with a one-ton mine car and a big pile of muck. That's what they called rock dirt and low-grade ore. Oh yes, they gave us two square point shovels. At the end of eight hours, we had it cleaned out until the night shift comes on and blasts again. Then it's all to do over again. We had to lay track to push the car on. We had to push the car about 100 yards to a chute to dump. The boss came in once a day to take samples. We were at the 1000 foot level. It was hot and dark. Some guy told me, they put all new guys with Brady the first day, and if you didn't get your tail worked off, you had it made. I found out if you bragged on him a little, he would do most of the work. They moved me around a lot, I guess to get me used to all the working places, to see which one I was the most suited for. The three years that I was at the Sacramento Mine Shaft, I worked at most of the places they had. To name a few, these were my titles. Mucker, Miner, Timberman, Motor Swamper, Motorman, Hoist Oiler. I won't ever forget the track cleaner and pumpman. When we left Garner V and Jack's, we moved to the White House apartments. Norma Ruth was about four months pregnant. They didn't want babies there, so we moved to Bisbee for a couple of months. One day Tenny, Audrey, Mom, Johnny, Charlie, and O'Neill drove up from New Mexico with a mattress on top of their car. The landlady came running out from next door and said, you're not bringing that family and that mattress in that house. So I said, fine. So we packed up and moved in about an hour. We took them to Garner V's. Then we rented a two-room apartment in Bisbee. Norma Ruth's mom stayed with her. And on March 23, 1941, the boss came to my working place and told me I was needed at home. So I called a cage to the service to ride up to get outside and got home as quick as I could. We lived about two blocks from the hospital. I called the doctor. 
he came out and examined her and said, that baby won't be born for days. But an hour later, mom and me put Norma Ruth in the car and got her to the hospital. Edward was born two and one half hours later. After we went to see Norma Ruth, we went home and got some sleep. Of course, we saw the baby Edward, first. After they came home we stayed at Philadelphia Hotel. That's where we lived. Until the bed bugs got so bad, we couldn't stand it. It was especially bad for the baby. We moved to Jet Street. We stayed there about one year. I forgot to say that Jack and Garner V moved to California in 1942. The only time I ever got hurt in the mines was when we lived at Jet Street. A boulder fell on my foot. They took me to the hospital to x-ray it. It wasn't broken, but I stayed the rest of the night in the hospital. One of the miners went and woke Norma Ruth up and told her that I got my foot mashed, but not to worry, they will keep him overnight. But she didn't believe a word of it. She was up there by daylight. Just as soon as the offices opened, they gave me a pair of crutches and released me to go back to work that night. They didn't want a lost time accident on the records at the mine. We had three years with no lost time. So I sat on a nail keg and ran a slusher. Maybe I had better explain this slusher business. A slusher is a drum with a cable on it. Ours was operated on air. Actually two drums with cables on each end. It was mounted in the front end of a tunnel that was 100 yards long. And just in front of the slusher was a 5 feet by 5 feet chute that was 100 feet deep and had rails across it about 8 inches apart. The tunnel had chutes on each side about 10 feet apart. A bucket was pulled to the back end of the tunnel with one cable and pulled into the tunnel with the other. The bucket looks like a front-end loader bucket or would fall from the chutes into the tunnel and the operator would pull it in. If the ore was larger than 8 inches, you would have to beat it through with a sledge. Of course, I had a sore foot and someone else had to do that. The ore that went in the chute was pulled out by the motor crew and hauled to the shaft and taken to the top. Goodness gracious, I could write a book on mining alone. But I had better go back and tell about our moves. I have so many more things to write about and my hand is shaking worse all the time. Chapter 22 one day I was talking about moving to a larger house. One of the guys heard me, and he said, I know where you can get a two-bedroom house real close to here. My mother is moving to Tulsa to live with my brother. So we went and looked at it. It will take a lot of cleaning, but we got it cleaned. Norma Ruth did it mostly. One night about a month later, at about midnight, there was a knock at the door. I opened it, and a lady said, I'm back. I said, your son said you were gone, for good. She said, no, I was on a vacation. She is a nut. The next day, Norma Ruth met me at the mine, with all our belongings in the car. I said, where are we going tonight? She said, I don't know, but I am not staying another night in that house with that old woman. So we went to Dinzel and Marie Isbell's and rented a little shack close to them. We stayed there about a week, then found a pretty little two-bedroom rock house in the Sulphur Springs Valley about 10 miles out. Norma Ruth was afraid to stay out there, so her and Edward would come into town and stay with friends until I got off work, most of the time. 
Anyway, one night they stayed home. I got home around midnight. Norma Ruth had a story that would make the hair on your head stand on end. She said, there has been someone out there ever since dark, just walking around. Listen, someone is out there again. So, I got my six-shooter, and went out there to see who it was. Well, I found two donkeys mowing the grass. I found out that wild burrows are common in that part of the country. Liesel, Norma Ruth's oldest sister, and her kids, Clinton and Lavon, also Irene and Lawrence, JW's wife and son, were coming from Texas to go with us to California. We went to the train depot, but they didn't come in, so Norma Ruth took me to work. Norma Ruth went back to Bill and Marie Vick's house. I'm on day shift now. I was getting ready to go underground in the mine, when my boss came and got me and said, you're wanted on the phone. It was Liesel. She told me where she was. That was the first phone that I had ever talked on. I was about one-fourth of a mile from where she was. I told Bud Pierce, my boss, it's my sister-in-law from Texas. She's in Lowell. I need to pick her up and take her to where my wife is, and she has our car. He said take mine, so I took his car. I picked Liesel up and took her to where Norma Ruth was, and she took Liesel to get Irene and the kids. I went back to work. They all were waiting for me when I got off shift. So we went home and got ready to start our vacation tomorrow. This is May 1942. We have a 1937 Ford two-door sedan. There were four adults and four kids. Me, Norma Ruth, and Liesel took turns driving. We drove mostly at night. We got into Riverside, California about 3 o'clock in the morning. We parked on the street until daylight so we could find where their folks lived. JW came out later. We thought we had a load going out there, but with JW riding back with us, going back was like sardines in a can. We are on the move again. We moved to a place 50 steps up. Norma Ruth was pregnant, so she couldn't climb the 50 steps anymore, so we moved to a two-bedroom house on O'Hara Street. Andrea was born October 14, 1943. Then we heard of a cheaper place in Warren, Van Dyke Street. About five miles from Bisbee, we stayed there about three months. Then the landlord's son got married and wanted the house. So, we moved again, this time back to Lowell on Jet Street, but a different house. One day, Edward came in the house, crying. Norma Ruth said, what is the matter? He said, I was running down the road and I fell up and got down and fell up and got down and skinned my knee. He was so upset that he got his words mixed up. This is 1944 now. Anyway, I sold my 1937 Ford and bought a 1934 Ford Roadster. I think Daddy enjoyed working in the mines. I know he was really proud of working there. You can tell by his stories and how detailed they were. He said he could write a book, and I wish he would have written a book on all of the mining and how they went about it and how scary it was. It had to have been because they were down pretty deep and a lot going on. Mining is a very difficult job, I'm sure. 
He worked in the copper mines, for anyone that didn't catch that. Also, Mama and Daddy moved about as much as his dad and Mom moved, it seems like, when they were in Bisbee. You may have noticed he mentioned his hand was shaking so much that it was difficult for him to write. He didn't talk about what was going on at the time he was actually writing the memoir. And so that kind of shows you how difficult it was for him to write this. And it was also difficult for me to read it. It was showing in his writing. For the last part of the memoirs, I had him record because his hand was shaking so bad. By the way, the story at the end of my brother Ed saying to my mom, and I'm sure he was talking very fast as he was crying and running up to her and saying, Mama, I fell up and got down and I fell up and got down and I hurt myself. That became a repeat story in our house for all of our life. (laughs) Anyway, that was what that story was all about. Please come back to hear all of the many different stories of my dad's life. And don't forget to press subscribe or follow so you can come back and listen to the real-life stories. Bye-bye now. This podcast was hosted by Sylvia Gant. Thanks to my dad, Dave Pickett, for writing the stories. A special thanks to Uncle Bill Pickett for the piano music.